Hello, DC Comics fans. Hello, comics fans. Hello, fans of podcasts that talk about comics. If you're one or any of those, friendly or frenzied, you're welcome to join me here today, this episode, just like each and every episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Once you've been around for a little while, you're going to recognize that awesome intro music for our amazing editor-in-chief, Mr. Josh Rayner. Thank you, Josh. As always, this is episode number 75 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. It's my pleasure, privilege, and great opportunity to bring you my top five picks this week, just like each and every week, from DC Comics. I go through my first two, we take a quick ad break, and then we finish off with three, four, and five. Along the way, you might hear my French Bulldog Bruno snoring in the background, or me leaning back in my squeaky chair. Thanks for your understanding. It's just part of the ambiance and the atmosphere here on the DC Comics New Spinner Rack. Without any further fanfare or ado, let's dive into my first choice. And as I do, let me say thank you for 75 great episodes of hanging out with you and talking great comics. To kick things off for episode number 75, my first choice is looking at John Constantine, Hellblazer, issue number 10. In a little story called The Wake-Up Call, John has quite the fright in a story written by Simon Spurrier, with art by Matthias Bergara, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Aditya Bidikar, and an original cover by John Paul Leon. I love these covers, and this one gives us quite the hint to what we're looking at or can expect in this story. Simply put, this nightmare, this surprise that John is about to experience, is brought on by no one other than his, well, older, perhaps future self. Now, how much of that is actually true or not is something John hasn't really delved into, pretty much, if you're Constantine, I think you figure that everyone you meet and know or work with is trying to burn you, much like the way you've either burned them or they anticipate you'll eventually burn them. Now, this is the same potentially future self, at least an older-looking version of John, who knows about John's previous bargain, the responsibility, consequence, payment comeuppance that's waiting for John, and he's the same one who's been creating enough magical havoc across England to create a pattern, one that has been recognized for its phallic nature. You'll want to look back on some previous episodes of The Spinner Rack to hear about that, or just go back and enjoy reading all of the previous nine issues of Constantine Hellblazer. Now, other than showing himself, this future self wants to point out the vulnerability that John has in his life, and also the vulnerability he's created for those who have anything to do with him. Because of either their assistance or association, they are actually in grave danger. This appears to go for everyone, whether it's the young wannabe gang member who he helped out early on, the potential replacement who now is just a strange, complete antithesis to John, or if it's his favorite door person at a bar he loves to enjoy, one that he's actually allowed or created opportunities for it to play a feature role. 
But in this case, their danger is being personified by an experience they're all sharing. One that points out that the connection for the horror that they are witnessing all ties back to John. Now, this doesn't work out so well for John because on top of it, there's something that the old man wants from John, something that he won't really clarify, but he will suggest, hint, or infer. And it has to do with all of the guilt that John has been compiling over all of the bodies that he has left in his wake, all of the deals and compromises that he has used to his advantage, but eventually going to cost him. Now, the warning is clear for those around and for John. He shouldn't have anyone else in his life. And also, <laughs> there's that sense that the only way he's going to be able to be who he needs to be is to not have those people, by choice, anywhere near him. And I earned a little snort from Mr. Bruno the French Bulldog, but other than that, it sounds like John's in a bit of a, well, what they might call a sticky wicket. And because of that, he's going to have to find a way out, find a way to protect his friends, and do so against a future self that's probably anticipated all of the nasty ways he usually gets himself out of, well, situations he'd rather not be in. How he's going to play this one out, of course, leaves us for a great finale with issues 11 and 12 coming up. Of course, also a reminder for me that I really don't want this series to come to an end. And yet, I know it is soon, so I can only enjoy where we are going with this. Be thankful to Simon Spurrier and the amazing team who bring this story to life. The art that gives it a shape and a, a sense and a fragrance that feels wholly original, authentic, and yet steeped in all the history that has come to be part of John Constantine's legacy. I really loved John Constantine Hellblazer number 10. I give it a great 5 out of 5. I love the fact that it's the way that we are kicking off this episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Now, after a great 5 out of 5 start with Constantine, it's a question of how do you follow up something so good? Well, I've got a great answer. That's going to be Batman Three Jokers number 2. Now, this is a really compelling story that we've got here from Jeff Johns, who's been writing on this project for some time now, uh, along with great illustrations by Jason Fabok, with colors by Brad Anderson, letters by Rob Lay, and an amazing cover by Jason Fabok and Brad Anderson. There's a whole slew of varying covers. I won't ask which one. No, I will ask. Which one did you get? If you're willing to let us know, feel free to stay tuned to the end for all the ways you can share with us what you're thinking, what you got, what we should know. Don't mind the dogs in the background jingling their collars and chains. They're just settling in for what they know is a really great episode 75. Now, when it comes to Batman 3 Jokers number 2, what we've learned so far from issue number 1 is that the three Jokers are classified in the following ways. There's the first one, who is, well, the criminal. And then there is the comedian. Lastly, is the clown. After last issue, one of them is no longer alive. What we do know 
is that Jason Todd is responsible. And it's something Batgirl is having a hard time coming to grips with. And it's also something that she's really challenging Batman on. But that doesn't mean that they have much, if any, time to actually deal with it. There's a judge who's dead. There is the growing mystery of the three Jokers. And there's the revelation that Jason has stumbled into quite a dangerous plot. Along the way, Batman and Barbara discover that one specific inmate from Batman's past is missing. And as they go in search of Jason Todd, the question of where he is and whose purposes he is being used for and towards become a bigger challenge. I don't know if it's as big as the discovery that Jason makes when he uncovers at least one stage of either a plan, a process, or just a horrible outcome of these three Jokers joining forces. But their influence is felt and a harrowing echo of the past is brought into the present, not only for readers, but for Jason and the Jokers. And when he is finally discovered by Batman and Batgirl, there's the revelation that he has uncovered that with one Joker now no longer among them, the two remaining Jokers seek to make a third, one who has a close relationship with Batman, one who they can turn and use a hatred towards to carry out what still is a unclear motive. And by the end of this issue, we discover just who has the missing inmate from Arkham and what they want from this person. Also, what really catches my attention is the final page. It's a terrifying reminder of the horror that The Killing Joke inspired and that its cover has come to mean for Bat fans and comic book fans all around the world. This newest issue of Three Jokers is building a mystery that it will eventually uncover, but I think will continue to leave as many mysterious and questions for the reader as existed prior. It's just which ones will be now filled in. And the only thing that I can really be sure of is that when it's all said and done, I can't be sure how I'm going to feel about the series in its entirety as the books have so far been really great standalone issues. But what they're trying to do in relation to the Joker that we've known for the last 80 years and what these three Jokers mean to, I guess, their combined history is, is one that I might know at the end of the third book, and I also might find myself saying, nope, still no closer than I was. And I think that's an added element of the mystery that I personally am really looking forward to. Another great five out of five choice for me, a wonder to share with you here on episode number 75 as I settle back into the squeaky chair. I'm reminded that with that second book out of the way, it's now time for us to take our necessary ad break, catch up on all the great things going on here, DC Comics News, and DC Comics in general, and all the ways you might want to or could be a part of it. 
Thanks for hanging out and staying tuned. We'll be right back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup. A Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, Nards. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And just like that, the ads are over. Thank you so much for sticking around, catching up on all that great info, and bringing yourselves back around here to the third, fourth, and fifth choices. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Act. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. And my third choice is Wonder Woman, number 763. Wonder Woman has been a really amazing title for me to share with you here on the Spinner Rack, and This issue, in a story sometimes the world needs a little upside down, Mariko Tamaki continues to do some wonderful things with storytelling, 
uh, creating so many great elements that we knew about Diana, about Wonder Woman, but bringing them to life in new stories. She's meshed with these lovely pencils by Carlo Barberi. We've got inks by Matt Santarelli, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, Pat Brousseau on the letters, with David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez providing the original cover, and Joshua Middleton with the variant cover. They're both quite gorgeous. There's something paradise-like or idyllic about that lovely variant cover. But it's the story inside that we're going to focus on for a moment. The introduction of Emma Deropolis, or Emma Lord, the child of Maxwell Lord. Someone with the influence and the ability to create a new reality, a twisted reality, a false reality, in the eyes of anyone she chooses. Something that has led her to take on the moniker Liar Liar and to become quite a dangerous foe for both Wonder Woman and Maxwell Lord. Now, Emma realizes at a young age that lies are really the foundation of her growth and development as a child. It started with her mother and it continued from there, coming across more than a few people who were aware of who her powerful father was. She also knew a secret about his history, one that existed within the multiverse and that she was given the opportunity to see. She is dangerous, powerful, and at first appears to have all of the influence necessary to take down Diana. And that's when Maxwell Lord takes on that responsibility that parents who can help a child, want to help a child, believe they have the power or the responsibility to help a child, lends aid to Wonder Woman to stop his daughter from doing more damage. And in the process, he discovers a secret that she's been keeping, one that includes what she has come to learn and maybe something else that will impact Max and Diana's partnership down the road. I love the teamwork. I love the foundation that Diana is able to draw on, her ability to use the qualities that were part of her upbringing, to trust in Max, partner with him, and allow him to finally make a move that brings a, a stop at least, if not an ending, to his own daughter, Emma, or Liar Liar, as she's known in this story. But it appears that she will eventually be making a return at some point, and we can anticipate that whatever her impact was on Max will develop in the upcoming issues. If you listen to us on the DC Comics News Weekly podcast, you'll know that this upcoming issue, number 764, had a cover that was recently modified. You'll want to go back to listen to previous episodes of the DC Comics News Weekly podcast for more on that story. I'll tell you whether or not issue number 764 makes it on an upcoming episode of the Spinner Rack, but 763, for me, was a great 5 out of 5 choice and my third pick for this episode, which means it's time to get to number 4. 
And for that fourth book, that fourth choice, I'm going with Justice League Annual, number two. In a really fun story, Death Trap by Robert Venditti, we've got great pencils from Aaron Lopresti, inks by Matt Ryan, colors by David Barron, letters by Tom Napolitano, and an original cover by Mike Perkins and Romulo Fajardo Jr. I actually really love this original cover. There's just... There's some wonderful elements to it, from the shading and the shadows to the eyes to this beautiful, very striking red, almost bolt tearing across the cover. So we start off with a locked room mystery within the Justice League. It's a mystery that could be a murder, but feels like it's something more. And when the defenses for the Justice League Hall of Justice are put into action, they start nullifying members of the team in a very methodical and dangerous fashion. The result is one that requires the team to pull back from their natural responses and rely on elements of teamwork. The moment between Flash, Green Lantern, and Batman using a batarang is inspired and reveals again for me, the ingenuity, the creativity that Robert Venditti has brought to so many great characters and stories, and it's why I really loved his previous run on Justice League, and what I love again in uh, this Justice League annual. It doesn't stop there. Green Lantern provides some assistance for Superman, as well as a few great moments when other members of the team work together, and in doing so, are able to achieve more than they might have ever considered possible on their own. And the best part for me is that there's moments of humor, like the Hall of Justice garage and Superman's, well, supermobile car, which raises a great question from Flash along the lines of, why did you ever need a car? Why did you even need a supermobile? You already fly, to which Superman can only respond, it was a different time. <laughs> And for those who've enjoyed those great elements from classic superhero Justice League stories that featured some of those elements that now we look back and just wonder at, well, that's a nod and a wink to you. And for the outcome, for the conclusion and the resolution, who is the culprit behind all of these dangerous actions? What I love about Robert Venditti is that he knows how to take elements he's already put in place and then go back to them and use them to create fresh new stories. You'll want to review his previous run, and even if you don't, you'll enjoy the use of a character who's found some resurgence and maybe even greater potential lethality through the writings of Robert Venditti. I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was a great story. It's an annual, so you've got 39 awesome pages of great art, great inks, great shadows, great, <laughs> for me, just a great collaboration and a classic that I'll be looking forward to adding to my shelves. I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. That's always where it gets fun for me. Now that brings us to our fifth and final choice, and for me that's Batman Superman Annual Number 1. You might have heard on last episode how much I enjoyed talking about Joshua Williamson and his work on Flash on the recent uh, speed metal uh, solo shot. Well, he's back for Batman Superman Annual Number 1, and he is continuing to impress me story after story. 
His writing is matched by the amazing art of Gleb Melnikov, Dale Eaglesham, and Clayton Henry, with colors by Alejandro Sanchez, letters by John J. Hill, and an original cover by Gabriel Rodriguez and Alejandro Sanchez. This is a story that almost feels like it's inspired by my favorite childhood moments. What happens when the Bat Imp and Mr. Mitzaplik decide that they need to show their kids how to play nicely instead of just trying to smash their toys into each other? Well, unfortunately, Mitzaplik and the Bat Imp are not really that much more mature if they are actually at all mature by comparison to their children. So first we have two really fun stories taken from the perspective of Badim and Mitzaplik, and through them we get a sense of how they think uh, conflict between Batman and Superman would end. And yet because they're seemingly playing with reality, the consciousness of Batman and Superman is enough to interact with their stories and call into question just what it is that could be happening and how they are being manipulated and what they can do about it. Now, once those don't work out the way either of these fifth dimensional creatures would like, they choose to turn Batman and Superman into life-size cosmic action figures on a cosmic playing board. But even that doesn't create the resolution that satisfies either Mitsuplik or the impish bat. And they instead are faced with the challenge from Batman, who says, really simply, you tried to get us to play the games your way and we saw through it. We would never fight. You can't make us. Now, along the way, they point out that there's these huge number of lengths that Mitsuplik and Bad Imp had to go through, when really it was the two figures controlling the toys, who clearly have issues at hand, and should just go ahead and duke it out. What's the result of that? Well, I'm going to leave that to your discovery. It is part of the playful fun that makes this issue such a joy for me to share with you, and it's why I'm really happy to make Batman Superman Annual number one my fifth and final choice, and a great five out of five pick for you. From the story to the colors to this great sense of the cosmic scale to the real world or real life comic book experience, and then just a bit of, well, fourth wall humor. The combination works for me. I'm curious if it works for you, and I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are. That was my fifth and final choice, which brings us to an end of episode number 75 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton, and I've mentioned along the way on a few occasions how much I'd like to hear what you think about my picks, my thoughts, my scores, and more. Now, I personally think it would be great if you could just shout back at me right now during the recording and I could hear it. But since that's not the way our current understanding of time works, I have to go to our next best option. And that's to reach out to us here at DC Comics News. You can do so through social media. Pick your favorite platform, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, or more. 
All you have to do is put the at symbol in DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you do, you'll make sure that that message goes to the team here at DC Comics News. Sometimes I'm around, sometimes I'm not. Either way, they'll always get it to me. I'll get a chance to hear your thoughts and respond in kind. And I'm looking forward to the great conversation that will ensue. You can also, of course, find me personally on Twitter as one more singleton, Instagram as Seth the Writer, or just by typing my name, Seth Singleton, and the word story into a search bar. Let me know what you find, how you find me, and anything else you'd like me to know or questions you have to ask. How can you make sure that this isn't the one and only time you catch the DC Comics News Spinner Rack or all the other great programming from DC Comics News? I have the best solution in the world. All you have to do is find that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. Once you hit it, you're set. We're on all the big ones, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Breaker, or more, or whatever platform you're currently listening to. There's more every day. We're happy to be included on all of them. If you have one you'd like to let us know about, please don't hesitate to shout it out. In the end, whatever platform you're listening on, once you subscribe, you are guaranteed. Because that subscription makes sure that you get all the great content from DC Comics News. That's right, it's not just about the spinner rack. There's also the DC Comics News weekly podcast. It gives you an opportunity to catch up on all the great news from movies, television, streaming, comic books, and more. Plus, you can have some other fun, like Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, a rather, well, inappropriate and adults-only response to the amazing show known as Harley Quinn, a DC Universe original. That train in the background lets you know that, like all great things, this is an opportunity you don't want to let pass you by. There's also Great Fair that features episode-by-episode breakdowns of things like Batman the Animated Series with programs like I Am the Night, hosted by our very own Mr. Steve J. Ray. His episode-by-episode breakdown includes his own insights, those of experts who join him, and a great look back at a classic animated DC property. There's also more coming. We have Felicky Fashions, Tropesville, and so many other great programs for you to look forward to. So do me a favor, so I don't have to worry about you missing out. Subscribe now, and this way I'll know you're always guaranteed. With that, this brings again episode number 75 to a close. I've been your host, Seth Singles, and I want to thank you for joining me, whether it's for one or all 75 of these episodes Hanging out with you, talking comics, sharing what I love, and knowing you're out there listening is one of the best parts for me. Without any other notes to add, I leave you with a final message we always love to encourage here at DC Comics News, and that is to always read more comics. That's it for me. See you next time.